Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts. Because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas, to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show. It's Monday morning and we're back. Kyle, big weekend for me at Talladega. I know it was a big night for you at Bloomsburg Fairgrounds. Kind of catch us up to what what was happening at Bloomsburg, Kyle. Yeah, Rowdy. uh, The first Bloomsburg Fair race in 37 years at the 3-8 dirt track, uh, mile 3-8 mile dirt track. Um, Big race. uh, the, The U.S. Legends cars. And also the four cylinders on hand, uh, 31 U.S. Legends cars on hand at Bloomsburg Fair Raceway for the first race there on the fair week since 1985. Uh, Rowdy, uh, big, really big. You know, we don't really have a state fair. The Bloomsburg Fair is basically the state fair uh, for Pennsylvania. So um, kind of got lost um, going around. Uh, just I knew the layout. It was just all the booths kind of threw me off a little bit. But nevertheless, uh, the chairlifts work. Uh, the Ferris wheel. Uh, it was a big, big week there. Um, the fair was pretty big, you know, first time I've been there in nine years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Rowdy, uh, got some good news last night. Uh, we're going to have the U.S. Legends car winner from that race. I think his name is Chris Transu. Uh, he's going to come in. He's going to come on at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Thursday night to talk about that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how he, what he says about the track. Um, I did talk to some drivers that night about the track, um, you know, how to pit pass. So, uh, yeah, it was just good to uh, talk about the track. You know, there's still, you know, we still have a lot of uncertainty about next year, but, uh, you know, it was good to, uh, you know, a lot of good reviews it sounded like from the drivers. Uh, they liked the track. And uh, Bloomsburg's a nice little track, Rowdy. You know, it's good for us, especially for me and my dad. You know, it's close to home. Uh, probably an hour drive, about 50-some miles. And, uh, you know, it's not bad, you know, right, in central Pennsylvania. I did I did want to say one thing, Rowdy, before I do throw it back to you. Um, you know, for the fair, um, we did not cut through town, the town of Bloomsburg. Uh, that was a bad idea, so we went around. Uh, we, we did. We took the next exit. So um, you've probably driven by it before because I remember you sh- showing me the picture of the Bloomsburg exit on your way here to, to Pocono last year. So, uh, yeah, uh, Bloomsburg, um, we'll see what happens with the track next year. 
Uh, still Grandview Speedway, the uncertainty of that track. We don't know what's going to happen yet with that. I know the township meeting's coming up soon. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, Rowdy, you were at Talladega, and uh, I had the the fort down in Bloomsburg. So uh, how did your weekend go? Man, let me tell you, and I say it, I get to say it every once in a while, but when I tell you it was the Chamber of Commerce weekend, it was absolutely great. Last night, the wind picked up and it got a little cool. You needed some kind of breaker, but the weekend was pretty much over, straggled, just the stragglers that didn't want to drive home and had one more chance to do it one more night. I hung on and uh, got up and was home. Shocked you, Kyle. I got up at 5.30 and hit the road because I needed to get through Birmingham, and so luckily I did before rush hour. But we had all three series there, guys. Uh, that truck race, I mean, I was disappointed at the end, but what a finish that it was. Uh, it's, it's, it's what you pay money for, Kyle. And then the Xfinity race, the same way. Uh, Noah didn't get his five straight, but something, you know, Noah has his has this crazy personality. One of them is throwing up when he wins. But the other one, this weekend, he had, I guess because he won in Texas, somebody had brought him out a bullhorn, an actual one, a horn of a bull. And he went... <laughs> He walked to every pit style and blowed that horn. I don't know what the I wanted to get down there and ask him what the uh the what it meant, but he went to every pit Kyle and blowed that horn and walked back to his car. Didn't come home with a victory, but look, you can't win a mile four straight's pretty good. He he's tied tied the record. Yeah, he tied Sam Martin nineteen eighty three. Uh, AJ Allmendinger was the one who made the last slot pass on Sam on 19 year old Sam Mayer. So uh, yeah, Noah finished 10th in the race. But yeah, he did win there in the spring. You know, he beat Jeffrey Earnhardt, who was driving the three car. And Rowdy, I know we had Joey Gase on last week. Uh, you know, they had two entries for Talladega. And uh, Rowdy, you know, you and I were talking all week about the weather, uh, the effects of uh, Hurricane Ian did not hit Talladega. It actually went to the east. So. Uh, kind of cleared the weather up. Uh, Rowdy, I know I was talking about this earlier, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Uh, Corey Roper was actually entered to drive in the truck race, um, wound up withdrawing. I mean, you were, at, you were at Daytona when he almost won that race. I mean, you know, he, he, he makes that race. I mean, do you feel like he has a legitimate chance of maybe, you know, pulling off the upset at Talladega because, you know, he ran that, that really good truck race at Daytona last year? Uh yeah, exactly, Kyle. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference in the tracks. So, uh, yeah, uh, and and probably the same setup on the car or the truck. Rowdy, Clay Greenfield made the race. I don't know if you saw that or not, but, um, you know, he's been close a few times in that 84 truck. Uh, you know, I know he made it. He finished 12th in the race. And you and I were talking about Caden Honeycutt. Um, finishing 11th, that was his first time at Talladega, so I'm um, in an on-point motorsports truck. So, uh, interesting, you know, finish. You know, I felt terrible for Brett Holmes. Uh, you know, another 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 win. He came so close to winning there at the ARCA race in April, and, 
you know, getting close again and just, you know, um, unfortunately with the field being frozen, Matt DiBenedetto was the winner. But, uh, yeah, Matt DiBenedetto, Ben Rhodes, Brett Holmes, Ryan Priest, who hasn't run in the 17 truck. You know, I believe they're in the owner's title standing. So uh, there's that. And uh, Parker Retzlaff, 16th. I mean, again, uh, first time he's been at Talladega. So, uh, yeah, um, Matt DiBenedetto locks another playoff spot out, and there's still three spots left in the truck playoffs. Uh, I mean, we had a horrendous fire at uh on the truck with jordan anderson luckily he was traded and released that night if you look at the replay and when he got out of that car that one layer out of that three layer fire suit was burned off to the kevlar that was that was really it as far as from what i've heard it was a brake line severed that run through the car to the back brakes. And if you notice, that fire was up against the passenger side window and it kept getting bigger and it was doing a flash. Supposedly, that was him trying to hit the brakes and every time he hit the brakes, it spewed brake fluid up in there. That's why it kept getting intense and he couldn't get out. He's just lucky he didn't hurt himself trying to get out of the car. And I don't blame him for that. When you got when you're in a fire, all you can think of is getting out of it, and uh, he pretty much was out the window as he hit the wall. I mean, really fortunate that he didn't kind of slump down low, and and it would have been a lot different situation, Kyle. Well, there have been some pretty bad accidents with Jordan Anderson racing this year. Uh, you know, you think back to the catch fence accident at, at with Myatt Snyder at Daytona and then Jordan's bad burns at Talladega. It just seems like he just can't catch a break. Uh, you know, that team just needs a little bit of good luck. I know they finished second at Portland with uh, with Myatt Snyder, which was really good. And, you know, I thought maybe Jordan was going to run really well. You know, I know you and I were talking about it. Qualified ninth. Um, you know, I know he doesn't run every week, so just a one-race deal here. Uh but yeah, it was good to see good to see Jordan back in the truck. Uh it's good to see him running again. You know, I know he's attempted the second Xfinity car, didn't make the race of Michigan, but nevertheless, uh did did try with the second car. So uh yeah, uh you know, anytime you know, he's finished second at Daytona twice and you know, I'm glad he's okay and you know, hopefully he can run some more races here. I always like to see him in the car. Um I know he ran the Talladega race last fall. I think he finished sixth on the Xfinity car, so, uh, you know, he's run well, uh, typically runs well at those tracks, and, you know, I know he's always a threat every time uh, we either go to Daytona, Talladega, and now I have to say Atlanta, because Atlanta's one of those tracks as well. Yep. Uh, well, we got Matt Benedetto. Uh Guys, the way this shook out, when they passed, they showed it up on the big screen immediately, and you could see, you could see Brett beat him to the checker. And they they made the drive, all the cars or trucks come in, lined up to be inspected for the, lot, the final inspection and get the parts off. And they staged them at the end of pit road, waiting on the two trucks, waiting on what decision. And uh, Matt Bettadetto brings it to the all house. All right. We are going to run into our um, post-race um, 
Press conference here in um, following the NASCAR Camera World Truck Series race at Talladega. We've now been joined by our race winner, Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 25 Chevrolet. Congratulations, Matt. It's Thank great you. to see you. Um, tell us a little bit about those final laps, but really what was that moment like when they notified you that you had been declared the winner? Ooh, I think my heart rate was higher then. That was insane. I've never been in a situation like that, but whew, my heart rate was about, I think, 200, the whole white flag, and then the uh, about the same just waiting the whole time. felt like we were sitting there for an hour, so that was crazy. I was pretty sure we got it, and we were just committed to staying on the bottom there at the end and uh, pushing whatever line we were in and hoping that a gap opened up, and sure enough, it did. The, part, the seas kind of parted for us. <laughs> All right. We'll now take questions for Matt. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll get to as many questions as we can. If we have any questions in the press box, let us know. We'll try to get up there as well. And we'll start here to our left. Hi, Matt. Nathan Buckley of MBS Speedway. In the Cup Series, you came oh so close so many times here. Today, you finally get it done in the Truck Series. Does coming that close in the Cup Series uh, make this win even more special? You? Yes, 100%. I, I, I was laughing earlier today, and I was like, goodness, we've come so close so many times at this track and been in position so many times. I was like, I feel like Talladega, of all places, owes me one, even more than Bristol or anywhere else. And it was so, so it made it all that much more sweet. Thank you. All right. We'll go right here. Right here. Thank you. Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. Matt, congratulations. Uh, going off of that, that first question, you know, you've been trying to win in a NASCAR National Series for so long here, Bristol, anywhere. Uh, just overall, is it as good now as you thought it would be? Even better. Even better. The, the wait was well worth it, and I know this was, uh, this was God's perfect timing for it to work out, and this was our day, and it, uh, it just – it felt like it as well. This place was a good opportunity for us. You know, we're a smaller team. Um, we're, you know, going through some growing pains, and, and I knew this one was a great opportunity for us, especially, you know, as well as me and my spotter, Doug Campbell, work on these things and as hard as we've studied for them. And so this one, this one was, uh, was extra sweet doing it at Talladega. You mentioned uh, talking to TV and then again Victory Lane. You know, it's been an interesting past year for you, and you've, uh, I think you described it as being a reckless human being at times. Uh, what has, you know, what, what has gone through your mind after some, some things, some other things, and did you ever reach a point where you felt like, God, man, I blew it after, uh, after leaving the Cup Series and coming down here to run, run trucks? Um, you know, it's, I've had a, an immense amount of life change, to say the least, um, going from uh, – a state of you know everything in my life was crumbling on a from on a personal front you know a year and a half ago um to two years ago and it caused me to really dig deep and ask life questions that i hadn't before and i got very vulnerable and very desperate and you know it's just a kind of a testament to you never know what's going on in, in the social media world everybody's lives look look all hunky-dory and great and oh matt's driving a lamborghini and oh he's got you know, everything, life's great for him. No, that's, that's not, life ain't about stuff and things and, and fame and glory. And so what I'm getting at is, um, 
you know, the, the Lord truly saved my life, changed me, changed my heart, changed my ways, and I've had a lot to learn and a lot of maturing to do um, and focusing on Him and what matters, and uh, I owe it all to the Lord, and, and I'm so thankful to be here. And I, to answer your question, I wouldn't change anything. I'm so grateful for my path and being exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, doesn't mean that that path is a, a smooth flight. And for me, of all people, I'm so like, um, I've had to learn to not be so much of a bull in a china shop and uh, be slow to speak. And uh, and it's I'm very grateful for how much I've been humbled. Um, it was much needed, and uh, I've been humbled a lot in life. And um, it, it's caused me to be much more vulnerable. And I'm very, very, very grateful to do what I do and to be in the position I am and to have had my life saved, my marriage saved, and, and to have been filled with a love that I didn't even know existed, to be truly honest with you. I was in a, a very, I was a very different person. And I'm just grateful for every second of every, the path that I've been on um, in the last year, year and a half, and I'm so thankful to be right here in the truck series and driving for this team. Thanks, Matt. Way Thank to go, you. buddy. Thank you. <laughs> go ahead. DustinLovinoJC.com. Matt, kind of right off that, like, how has, is the truck series and you running it this year, has it been everything you thought it would be? Man, you know, I love the atmosphere. It, it brings me back to my, like, Saturday night short track racing days. It's a completely different atmosphere than the Cup Series, and not that I'm not incredibly grateful for the Cup Series and driving for the woods and all the awesome teams I drove for. Um, this just this just feels like home to me. I, I love the old-school racer kind of feel of the Truck Series. It's so different. Um, and my team, our family, we are a family, and we keep growing together. And all this came together kind of you know, late, um, beginning of this year. And so we've gone through growing pains. So to answer your question, um, it's been – We've had a lot of ups and downs and not, not a lot of things go our way and lots of struggles and growing pains. And I've been like, man, you know, it's hard not to get frustrated with some of that. But I've been grateful that I'm with this team because there's zero doubt of the commitment of Curtis Sutton and Willie Allen and the team. That's why I was I made a home here and I was so grateful they gave me the opportunity. And I was like, as long as you want me, I ain't going anywhere because their dedication to grow in this team is second to none and working hard toward next year now that we you know, committed to each other uh, a little while back. Thank you. All right, Bob. Um, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Um, as you're sitting there wondering what NASCAR is going to rule, are you concerned at all about going you, – you went below the O-line to pass roads. I mean, obviously, what did you see there? Did you feel like you were forced down? And then did you have any idea whether you were the leader when the caution came out? Yeah, I was pretty sure I was the leader. Um, as far as the O-line thing, no, I wasn't really concerned uh, about that because – I didn't, when I got, when the, whoever, I can't even remember which truck, uh, was it the 98, 98 truck? I think uh, when he came down on my door, it sucked all the air off my door and it immediately turned me sideways. So I got forced and basically turned sideways down the infield. These things are so aerosensitive. As soon as I got to him, he came down, clipped my right front, sucked all the air off my right side, and I was cranked to the right sideways, and that's why I spun out was ultimately from, from that. So I did get, get forced down there, but I tried to just stay in the gas and keep it pointed as straight as I could uh, to not crash, but ended up spinning. But, but I, uh, I was pretty sure. I saw the lights come on, and I was pretty sure that we were uh, – I was about positive we were in the lead when they came on. Even though I was gathering it up, I saw the lights still. <laughs> Man, I was like 98% sure. Uh, even It's crazy. Even when I was wheeling it and I got you know forced down there and I'm sideways and gathering it up, I still was looking to see because I'm like, line's coming. I saw the yellow lights on, and I took a quick glance and saw that we were, in those, uh, we were ahead um, from my vantage point. So I was pretty darn sure, and then uh, they just it made my heart rate you know, go through the roof there sitting and waiting. All right, Dustin, and then we'll go. 
Do we have one in the back? Okay. And then I'll come up front. Thank you, guys. Okay. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, and, and, Matt, this is not to point out how long it's been, but in one sense, was there anything you forgot about what winning was like after the, 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 the drought and this experience? I know everything's going by so quickly right now, but is there anything that just kind of was different or, or what's kind of flooding back through you, th through you right now with this? Yeah, it's a good question. It it was completely, and I know this may sound cliche, it was surreal. I was having trouble being like, okay, did this really happen? We're, we're really here. I'm just being sure because it's been so long, such a long time coming. We've been so close. You know, the Cup Series, we finished every position from 2nd to 40th and been leading on white flags and so close. You know, everybody knows the crazy stories. But um, I'm so grateful because it led up to this uh, this moment, and, and um, I, I understand now, uh, you know, I think I had some bitterness in me about just like, how has we come that close that many times and so many heartbreaks and all that. Now I'm grateful for them because it was part of my process of needing to be humbled um, in life. So I'm, I'm happy right where I'm at, and I'm really, really extra glad that it came to Talladega because, man, we've had extra super heartbreaks at this place, so it feels super good. And obviously, your family's been with you for for all this this journey. Were they were they able to be here today, or did, have you had t uh, contact with them since since winning? I was I was a Lone Ranger today. Unfortunately, uh, my wife was watching from home. We just moved, so we've been crazy busy. And uh, I wish she was able to be here. But I Facetime her first thing. I, I'm nothing without my wife. I my wife truly was a godsend and a blessing to me. And we've grown so close, so close or last year, and I love her more than words can describe. So I'm so thankful for uh, for her and, you know, my parents. The journey we've been on, there have been a lot of tears shed uh, throughout the years, and it's all been so worth it. But, you know, my, my family uh, picked up, and we moved across country because we were crazy enough to pursue this racing thing, even though we ran out of money in 2007, and we had no idea what we were getting into. And thank the Lord, uh, that naive nature Ended up paying off. It doesn't always pay off, but it sure did for us. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Christian Coley, kickingthetires.net. Matt, this is Where the first. Right here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this is the first win for the Tennessee-based Rackley War uh, team. Can you kind of comment on, on getting victory, uh, getting the victory for the Tennessee-based team? It feels all that much more special, man, when you do it with a small team like this that's, like, that's so committed um, and this is only the sophomore year for this team, too, and they are Curtis Sutton, who owns Rackley Roofing, and, you know, you see them on the truck week in and week out. Uh, we're, even though you see Rackley Roofing on the truck, you know, every week, we're still seeking sponsorship and trying to grow this team. Um, so that, but that's just how committed they are to trying to do everything to front this deal and get the team rocking and rolling and moving forward. Um, so it just makes it all that much more special doing it with a small team that committed to me, especially through like crazy times and so much unknown, and they were so patient with me and all that, all the craziness. Um, and to get the win for them, it's so much more special because we are a family, 100%. We are a family, and we've all grown so close. I mean, Curtis and I FaceTime each other, and Willie um, and I just love to sit and chit-chat. It's like talking to family. Uh, it's not like working for a boss, and I love, love, love my race team. All right, come up front, please. Matt, Dalton Hopkins with FunStretch.com. I talked to you earlier this year at Daytona in February, and even before the season started, you said you felt like you were already having more fun in the truck series than you were in the cup series. I know, Just let's just forget about today for a second. Do you already feel like that's still true? Do you feel like you're still having more fun despite running for a midfield truck team and arguably still kind of struggling to 
compete for top tens week in and week out. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm, I'm I even let's let's take this uh, win, you know, aside even. Um, and I would have told you even before the day started that, yeah, I'm very, very blessed and thankful to be where I'm at driving in the truck series and driving for this team. Because, you know, if you look back at my history, my, uh, even my parents and my wife were like, you know, this is just kind of your, your forte, I guess, driving for small teams and trying to, you know, assemble the group and build a family environment. And, you know, I'm nothing without the people around me. Um, and knowing that we have good people that were super committed around me, it's just, um, it's what I love. It's what I enjoy doing. And also, you know, I wouldn't have committed to the team if uh, the reason I was so uh, non-hesitant to commit to this team was because, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't know Curtis uh, and Willie, our team owners, personally, but I do. And when you talk to them, there is no, they, uh, especially with their business and the family environment they do, and uh, there is there is no um, halfway doing anything with uh, with Curtis and Willie and our race team. So I knew that they were like, there was going to be growing pains. I knew that um, to get to keep on elevating the team. But now, you know, this came together late this year and moving forward, looking to next year, we committed early. And so we are like on the track of really pushing hard and proving our race team and working on big things to come for next year, working on sponsorship. It's been awesome that this year is so much, so much different that we committed, you know, so early um, for next year. And to just tell you the relationship that we do have, uh, they called me, you know, Curtis and Willie, and, and it was like, hey, you know, we want to drive for next year. And I was like, absolutely, as long as you want me, I'm here. And that was our negotiations. And that was it, one phone call and one sentence because we trust each other completely. And as a follow-up, uh, when they had you, you staged with Brett Holmes on the front stretch, you said you were 98% sure that you won. But as time, as the clock ticked, like, did you kind of feel a little bit more doubtful about maybe you didn't get actually get the win? What was your thought during while you were just sitting there? Yeah, I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. Was, maybe my vision or perception was off. I don't know. And then I started doubting myself, and then I was nervous. And then as soon as I'd hear the mic key up, I'd be like, oh, oh no, okay, still nothing. And then i hear the mic key up, and it's like, oh, okay, no, still nothing. <laughs> it felt like an hour sitting out there, so... But definitely worth it in the uh, in the end. But goodness, that was a uh, that was a wild finish that the fans uh, definitely deserved. All right, I think Justin, did you have a question in the back? Go ahead. Yeah, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Uh, Matt, first off, congratulations. Obviously, you've wanted this for a long time, but now that you've checked this box, what's next? <laughs> Working on lots more uh, race wins. You know, having a good couple races to close out the season, and this was a. This was a blessing. We really, really desperately were digging deep uh, to push hard to have some good, strong runs that we deserved to finish the year. I mean, you saw even at Bristol, I mean, we were fastest in practice. I mean, they've been working that hard, putting everything they got into it to try and bring us, you know, a little faster trucks. And we, we bring a bullet there that could have won the race. And then uh, we had, you know, some troubles on pit road, which we've had an excellent pit crew all year long. It was just a bad timing that that happened. Um, and, so, and we've had just some, you know, a lot of learning curves and we've been, we haven't had an engineer for a lot of the year. So it's been you know, lots of growing pains. So we did get an engineer, uh, Ben, who, who helped out and came on board. So it's all come together real late. Some of these things that we're trying to uh, improve to get us some good runs because we really need some good, needed this and some good showings because we're working hard on, uh, we want to be a championship contending team and elevate the, the team big time uh, for next year and push real hard. Uh, so we really need, and, and we're trying to seek some more sponsorship 
uh, big time and working on things. So we're, we are all very all in, but we needed uh, this 100%, and I'm so, so thankful, um, and we needed to close this year out strong for that. And if I told you, if I told Matty D that he was going to win a race this year back at Daytona, would you have believed that? Ooh, I, I would have. I would have known it would have probably needed to come at a track that was maybe a little bit of an oddball, you know, maybe not a mile and a half in some of those because we don't have quite all the resources of the big teams and we're on a little lesser funding. We're still growing. We're not there. We're not a Kyle Busch Motorsports, you know, and, and everybody understands that. We're we're moving toward that direction 100%. But I, I did believe in my heart, I was like, I know that we can win. I know we can get a win. I, I thought maybe a Daytona, Talladega, not even only that, a, a Bristol, you know, short track, something a little bit different um, that we would have a shot to, to do it. So I'm, I'm thankful that we got to put our uh, mine and Doug's little bit of wisdom to work here at Super Speedway Racing and try and, you know, race smart and treat it like a chess match. Um, obviously a big win for your team based out of Tennessee. Correct. That's where. Yes. Yeah. The out of out. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking that was correct. Just talk a little bit about what it means to get a win with them, but knowing that you're also not a race team that's located in, you know, North Carolina area, they really are kind of on their own in Tennessee. Yeah, man. It's like uh, it kind of reminds me of when Parker won, you know, at Mid Ohio. It's so neat because we are a standalone team working out of little old Centerville, Tennessee. Uh, our race shop is behind uh, uh, Willie Allen's family's home so you drive down a gravel road and you're in a little little race shop which reminds me back of my of my late model days but we've got really good people and we've got you know obviously rackley and all the the group that's committed but it makes it all that much more heartwarming and special because because we are out of the norm we're out in little old centerville tennessee making it uh, making it happen all right well congratulations again to you and the team as well we hope you guys enjoy this one thank you thank you guys Hey, congratulations to that Rackley Racing Group, uh, Kyle. They spend a lot of money in racing, and if you need a roof, hey, at least Kyle Rackley, because they invest in what we love, Kyle. So, Kyle, uh, before we play uh, AJ, uh, let's talk about uh, what you got for the night. Rowdy, I don't know yet. Uh, you know, uh, Lincoln is, might be getting rained out Tuesday night for the Brian Monteith Classic. There is a rain date of Wednesday, so that might happen. Might might be pushed to Wednesday, October 5th. Uh, not sure what my next race will be yet. Still working on things. Um, hoping to be, well, planning to be at Port Royal uh, for the Short Track Super Series Modifieds. Uh, they have a 40-lap preliminary night feature. Uh, going to be there for that on Thursday, October 13th. So looking forward to that. Um, a lot of racing coming up. Uh, Lincoln still has two 410 sprint shows left. The Brian Montes Classic, as mentioned before, and also the uh, season finale on October, Saturday, October 15th. So a lot of good things going on. Uh, a lot of racing still yet to be done. And, uh, you know, the National Open was rescheduled from – Saturday, October 1st to Saturday, October 22nd. So uh, that meant BAPS moved their show from that day to the day before Friday, September, or excuse me, October 21st, and then Port Royal also moving their Saturday show to Friday for the past 305 sprint cars. So uh, interested to see how that's going to go on that weekend. A lot of sprint cars, and, uh, you know, looking forward to you going to Homestead here in a few weeks, and we'll see, uh, we'll uh, hopefully, you know, working on Daytona next year, hopefully that'll, 
that'll pan through. But other than that, that's basically what I got. Um, that's kind of what the schedule is looking like here in the next few weeks. Well, Kyle, uh, I mean, what a finish the trucks was. And then turn around and we get almost the same kind of finish at the end on the Xfinity a, a couple hours later, 300 miles later, almost. Uh, AJ just snuck in there. I, I would say seat time won that, Kyle, because he was up high and he come down to give that car a little more speed to win the race. All right, we're going to roll into our post-race. Oh, my. Oh, we good? Okay. Our post-race press conference with our race-winning driver, A.J. Allmendinger, driver of the number 16 Action Industries Chevrolet. A.J., congratulations on the win here at Talladega. And um, tell us a little bit about those final laps there um, as you guys were kind of coming to, to kind of put yourself in position to, to be able to pull off the win there. Yeah, we'd, uh, you know, through the race, had two good stages. So I was kind of in the back of my mind just focused on hopefully, of course you want to win it, but just having a good result. You know, the ultimate goal was to uh, was to try to go to the Roval next week being locked in in the, in the next round. And that was kind of in the back of my mind. It, we'd had a good day, and I thought, thought, man, if we just get inside the top ten, we should be locked in next week and we go there and, and, and try to win. Uh, and just think about winning that race and not have to worry about points. But, you know, it, a lot of it, uh, I'd say, hell, really, most, most of the credit goes to Landon. Uh, once he got behind me, it, that's, that's what's amazing about this race team. It's always been is, is the teammate, the love that we have for each other, the respect, um, you know, the willingness to try to always make sure, especially at a track like this, that a car Grace and Chevy was going to win. And that's set by, that tone set by Matt and, and Chris and, you know, we owe it to all the men and women at College Racing to uh, to try to get one of those cars into victory lane. And Landon just stuck with me, and I thought I kind of let us let us down a little bit. I got a little bit too far out there and, and had to back up to him, and that allowed the one, the 39, to get in front of us. But you know, really coming to the white, watching so many of these uh, these races, especially at Talladega, with where the, the start finish line is, and it happened with with Matty D today which was so awesome to see him get his first nascar win i was i was pumped up so i uh, love that i could share the same day with him on his, on his first nascar win but so many of these races lately it feels like the, the third place car down the back straightaway especially on the inside lane just kind of puts themselves in position to win the race and so i kind of thought that and the 39 went up and we had a massive run on the one there and you know honestly i didn't even know if i was clear of the 39 so i just made a hard right and Got to the right side of the one, and um, you know, thankfully, barely beat him at the line to uh, to win this thing. No, all right, I, I didn't. I was quiet before. See, see, see. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Well, if I move back, you can't hear me, can you? Oh, can you? Oh, I'm loud as shit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Now. All right, we will roll straight into questions. I'm old. I can't hear, so I can't hear myself. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So if you have a question for AJ, raise your hand. We'll get you a mic, and we'll start up front here with Stephen. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. AJ, is this loud enough for you, first off? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Neato. Yeah. Neato. Yeah. Uh, it looked like uh, coming into the trial, well, the one car got a pretty big lead, and that gave both you and the 39 on your outside the opportunity to 
you know, get a run on him. Was there any point uh, in the trial that you were getting a run on Sam Mayer's car and you were like, in your mind, I got this? No, I, I mean, obviously we could see the run that we had. Um, I just, I, I didn't know if we were even going to be clear of the 39. I could, you know, I kind of looked up right before we made the move and it was close of, of him still being on my right side. But at that point, I just thought I had to take a chance to win the race. But, you know, it's, that's what's tough about these races. That's something I'm, I'm still trying to learn at times is how far out is too far. And, and Sam did a really good job to put himself in that position. And sometimes it's just dictated by both lanes kind of getting slowed down. So I, I backed up, and Landon just was shoving me as hard as he could. And um, even getting to the right side of him, it, I knew it was going to be tight. We kind of stalled out right at the line, and I, I thought I beat him, but wasn't sure until they told me that we'd won it. And uh, just so I'm clear, are, are you saying that you cleared yourself or did your spotter at any point say, okay, you're clear of the 39, go? He might have said clear. I don't know. I just, I just made a hard right. It was one of those at that point. I've been close enough to winning, all these, winning these super speedway races that I just made a decision at that point. I, I have to try to win this, even if he's there. I don't know. And I, kinda, I think he said clear, but I, I cleared myself. All right. Good to know. Thank you, yeah. AJ. <laughs> all right. Additional. Why are you gonna write that I'm psycho now? Is that what the part of that question was? Was no, like no. You're like no. oh, he cleared himself. He is crazy. No, I I'm the crazy one. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, we're gonna continue with questions. We get a mic up front, and then we'll go to Matt. Hey, Jim Nathan Buckley of NBS Speedway. First of all, congratulations. Second of all. Did you and your colleague teammates at some point in the day have a plan to get together, or did it just kind of work out that at the end you guys were right there that you could help each other to the win? No, I mean, that's always our plan. I mean, and that's, that's been set since day one. My first race with the team at Daytona when Ross won, it was you try to work with each other. Um, you know, it, you get to the end of the race, you sometimes you got to make moves on your own to, to go do it, but, you know, that's the thing. It's it's strength in numbers. If we can get three of our cars together, it's, that's better. You know, the, I feel like for a couple of years we were able to do it and the, the field kind of like just said, I uh, just, they didn't, I wouldn't say they didn't notice, but it was kind of, they just kept letting it go over the last couple of years. They've definitely made a point that if we try to get together, that they try to, it, it's really tough on the third guy in line because he's the one that has to do the blocking. And he, you know, unfortunately that guy usually gets shipped. So, but with being on the bottom lane, I just knew Landon was, was there and was going to stick to me. And, and, you know, of course, if, if he had a chance to win the race coming the line, he was going to do it. But I knew he was going to do everything he could to push me to put ourselves in position to win it. Thank you. All right, Matt, go ahead. Matt Weaver, Racing America. Um, after Daytona, you had indicated that just this kind of racing isn't for you. And I wonder how much of that is kind of – the ways that you've lost these races or how much of this is just philosophical and does winning this race take some of the sting out of some of those previous defeats well i just wanted to win one because i was tired of matt Collig just saying i can't win a super speedway he's like you know all i had to hear from him was like what are you doing for me at these racetracks nothing like everybody else wins you're not so that was my goal was to finally get one so i didn't have to listen to him anymore so goal accomplished matt I'm done listening, you know. Well, I wasn't listening anyway, but you definitely, every time I saw you, we got to this racetrack, you'd bring it up. Well, yeah, you know, another one you didn't win. I'm like, yeah, I got you, Matt. Um, I still don't like this racing. Like, I never will. And that's, that, that's, that's not a, a, a hatred of, 
Daytona and Talladega, the fans, believe me, if I was sitting in the grandstands, I'd love this racing. Like, it's, it's awesome to watch. I get why it's so exciting. Uh, when I go home tomorrow and watch it, I'm going to love watching it. But in it, you're just, you're in a hornet's nest, and you're just, it's like somebody, you know, throws something in the middle, and you're just waiting for it to explode. And that's what it feels like racing in there. And, you know, today with the pit stops, you know, we got like 13 cars kind of lined up, and I was just going to stay in line. I was like, man, just get us to the white. Like, let's not, let's limit the amount of cars that are going to be in this battle. Um, but, yeah, it's, you, you go, and it's it's just, to me, it's always like that in, in generally in life, too. You know, you, you can have loss after loss and loss after loss or, you know, disappointment. All it takes is the one to make all those okay, and we finally got one. And then um, the camaraderie that you guys have at College Racing is what you're experiencing right now, this kind of career resurgence and success and wins. Is this kind of like the every boy's childhood dream of what racing should look like if you dream it out, having great teammates, great partners, and being able to, to run a handful of cup races, run for championships? I mean, how much of a dream come true is this part of your career? I mean, it's uh, – I don't – take any of it for granted now you know I mean I think it it I had great success I had success in in my career I, I've been able to win in IMSA and in win a Rolex 24 with with Mike Shank and and some of my best friends I've been able to win you know at the at the time when I thought I was technically retiring or semi-retiring you know I'd won a cup race I'd won a couple of Xfinity races I'd won champ car races like I had I've been able to do a lot of great things, but I think you walk away and you feel like, at least I did, man, I just, I wish I could have done more. And all this has been unexpected. I didn't expect, you know, I never met him in 2019. Like Chris Rice called me, you know, we do a, a couple of road course races. Oh, by the way, we run the speedways. They had to talk me into those. I didn't want to do those, but I didn't, you know, I ran six races. I didn't think anything of it. Like, yeah, they're pretty cool guys. That's fine. And then 2020 is with the pandemic and then Matt, you know, being nice enough to allow me to do races that we hadn't scheduled before the pandemic. And we went in Atlanta. And then I think the biggest thing was I started realizing how much I missed being at the track when I wasn't there. And I'd watch it on TV and I'd be texting them all the time. This is what I see. This is, you know, but yeah, it, this is all to me like, a bonus and in a way right or wrong it's probably made me way more comfortable in my skin than I've ever been um, you know I know I'm outgoing at times but you see everybody sees me wear my emotions on my sleeve and I still do I mean they see it when I have a bad race like I'm, I'm upset I'm frustrated but away from the racetrack they make it so enjoyable and it's it, even if I feel like I've made a mistake it's never you know well you, you messed up it's shake it off, you go to the next one, you, you know, we love you, like, it's, so, with everything that I've been fortunate enough to do, it's like, we walk upstairs, and I, I, you know, I've said this in a couple of interviews the last few weeks, and at times, it's, even on a bad weekend, you walk upstairs, and we got, what, 16 trophies that we've won together, 15 or 16, if you count the regular season championships, I didn't expect that, so, it's made me a lot more comfortable, comfortable of what I've been able to accomplish, by no means do I want it to be over. I don't expect it to be over, but um, I love every minute of it right now. And, and, you know, it's just it's fun to be a part of this organization. And it's fun to 
hang out with Matt and Chris and go to the shop and see all the men and women. It, it, like I know it probably sounds sappy and lame, but like it's, I, I truly enjoy it now, and I'm truly okay in my own skin at the racetrack because I, I have a lot of self-confidence issue at times. It doesn't look like it, I know, but you go behind closed doors, it's, there's some dark times, and it's, you know, they, they make it a lot better now. I don't have as many dark times. All right, Justin, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Um, two questions. Were you surprised there were no wrecks at the end? Um, I was ha- I was happy there was no wrecks. Um, I you know it's the the when the pack gets separated like that enough, I think everybody's kind of on the same page, especially when you're in the lead group. Yeah, even if you're at the tail end of it, running eighth, ninth, tenth, you want to make the move to the lead, but everybody wants to wait so late because you don't a want to bring out a yellow and line the pack back up and now you've brought 30 drivers in it and you know I, I think it's just a matter of everybody trying to be patient especially up front because they know that no matter what you're probably going to have a decent finish so um, I wasn't shocked by it but I was kind of shocked the way the race kind of played out yeah, everybody there were some aggressive moves you know especially in the playoffs here but um, I thought everybody did a, a really good job of not being over the top and now with this win locking you in the next round, does that make the Roval just that much more fun for you? Since you're so good at road courses anyway. Yeah, I mean it's uh yeah, I we've won three in a row there. It's pretty it's pretty special and, and I have three really cool trophies from that race and you know, it's always a, an important race because it's you know, breast cancer awareness and, and you got all the ladies that, that the true heroes that have fought and survived and they're in victory lane with you. So it takes the pressure off of having to worry about points, and hopefully we can go win four in a row. All right. Additional questions for AJ? Okay. Chris? Chris ChrisMankatchance.com. I don't mean to spoil the moment, but it's a serious question, though. Give, make it through the round of eight, but how do you feel like your colleague team is for the rest of the playoffs? Because you have some tough races coming up at Las Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville, and then Phoenix. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, we've, we've been working hard to try to find find what we've lacked. Um, I'd say before Texas, I'd probably be really, really nervous about it. I felt like we hit on something at Texas a little bit. Still not the outright speed, but we definitely had a lot more speed at Texas. That's kind of something we're going to focus on going to um, Homestead and, and and Vegas, kind of that general direction. By no means does that mean we're just going to load and we think we're going to be the fastest cars there, but at least we're working hard. But at the end of the day, all we can do is, is give everything we got. If it's good enough, it's good enough. If not, I think the biggest thing is, is especially in, on our side of it, the 16 side of it, is we've executed all year. So if we go execute at the races and we get the best finish possible, and it's not good enough. Well, that's okay. I mean, that that's it's disappointing, but it is what it is. So you know, we'll. Uh, but we're taking it. it it's bad. It's one race at a time. I'm looking forward to the Roval next week, running both cars, and um, you know, we're locked into the next round, and we'll see when we get to Vegas. All right. Additional questions. All right. AJ, congrats again on that win. We wish the best of luck next week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Man, AJ brings excitement every time he's in the room. I mean, win or lose, he brings excitement to the room. Uh, it, it's uh, it's good to have him in the sport. He's really good for the sport. So, 
for some reason, it took Chase Elliott forever to come out, and I don't know why we don't have the recording yet. But we we did get a chance to see a couple of other people in there. Rick Hendricks come in and uh, talk just a few minutes. And then uh, Alan Augustin, the crew chief for... For uh, Chase was in there, and we're going to listen to him just a second. Guys, listen, it's been a long, I got there Thursday morning and uh, left out at 5.30 this morning on a 99-mile trip back to the house. I'm here, and we're going to listen to Mr. Hendricks. Race press conference. We've now been joined by our race-winning crew chief, Alan Gustafson. Congratulations, Alan, on another victory. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take questions for Alan. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. Who would like to kick us off with questions? All right, we'll go to Jenna. Big day. Big question coming. We're waiting. Bated breath. Congratulations, Alan. Thank you, Um, Jenna. You're welcome. Why was this race so calm by Talladega standards? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it seems like kind of both the races were before it. Um, I, I don't know if maybe the stability of the car or it was just hard. You know, we've seen that all year. There's, it's not three lanes don't seem to work out. You know, there doesn't seem to be a middle option. It doesn't get fanned out. It's kind of about staying in line and pushing, and I think that contributes. And, uh, yeah, I it was certainly a bit tamer than I expected, but I kind of expected, you know, maybe not the typical four wide just craziness because it just it just doesn't seem to generate the cars just don't seem to generate the performance and the huge runs like they did. It's more just about that kind of steady seesaw momentum. Um, yesterday, your driver um, had some comments that were a little out of character for him for him to take a, such a stance. Um, did that surprise you? Um, it's the second time I've been asked about it. I, I don't know what he said, um, so it's hard for me to say specifically. I'm assuming he spoke out of, um, of, about the safety. Is that correct? He said now it's hard to step yeah. So I mean, you know, the, the, here, here, you know, the way I look at it is this: is I certainly want him, him specifically, and all the drivers. But you know, my concern is Chase to be as safe as he possibly can be. We know this is inherently a dangerous sport but I want him to be as safe as he possibly can be. So from my stance, I'll do anything I can do to make sure he's as safe as possible. And I feel like collectively in this garage, there's a huge resource of intelligent people that we can uh, push this forward and get to a position where it's not a topic. It's not something these guys are having to worry about uh, week in and week out. I certainly feel terrible for Alex. And, yeah, you know, Alex shouldn't have sustained the type of injury he sustained from the hit he took. And we just all have to accept that and move on and move forward and push forward to make it better. And I think we can do that. I'm very confident we can do that. Uh, and that's what we got to focus on doing together. And collectively, I think that uh, we've got a lot of resources to make it happen, and I'm sure NASCAR will do everything in their power, as will the teams, and we'll get past this quickly. All right, we're going to come up front to Jordan, right up here. And then we'll go to Stephen, and then we'll come back up front. Jordan Bianchi, the athletic. I apologize, this was already asked. Um, Coming into this race, obviously you guys want to win every race, but was there looking at the bigger picture of, hey, if, you know, we, we want to be smart, make sure we finish this race and get as many points as possible? Basically, what was your mindset kind of coming in? 
Um, I felt like we had, I really felt like this race was, was crucial. I felt like we had to capitalize, you know, we got ourselves into a hole last week, unfortunately, again, which I was super disappointed with. Um, and you just know, like, right, you know, you can't, we, we made a mistake the first round and then we, we made a mistake the second round. And you just can't continue to do that and expect to have success. So, uh, we needed to come back and we needed to, uh, get, get ourselves right. And I felt like we needed to get level, you know, up close to the top and level with those guys that had, a points advantage on us. Unfortunately for us, it wasn't like it was this massive points advantage. You know, it was, I don't know, Joe was somewhere in the 20s, I think, and the other guys were like 17 points or something like that. So uh, our objective was to score as many points as we could and, and uh, try to get as close to the level as possible. And, um, yeah, we were able to do that. We got really good points in both stages. And I think really after that, uh, we were in a really good position to not have to take crazy risks. But our car was really good and execution was great and, and – um, strategy was good to keep us up front, and then Chase did an unbelievable job. So it all worked out. But I do think this was, you know, this it wasn't going to be. If we had an issue here, you know, I know we have good performance at the Roval, but I had no interest in leaving it for the Roval. I felt like we needed to uh, take care of business, or at least get level set with those guys, where we didn't have to go out and win or just have an amazing day, because you just never know what can happen there. All right, Stephen, go ahead. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. I promise this is, an e this is an easier question than I gave you at Nashville. Uh, three out of the four super speedway races this year uh, went to regulation and ended there, and the Daytona 500 was only one lap uh, over regulation. So from a strategy standpoint, how much did that make uh, wargaming the last uh, stage of that race any easier, or did you still have to have your contingency plans for overtime, double overtime, triple overtime, et cetera, in your, in your hip pocket? Yeah, I think you still had to have a contingency plan. Uh, you know, you never know what can happen. I mean, the, the, right, this is probably the oddest caution. I say maybe not the oddest, but super odd caution right at the end of the race. A guy comes down pit road and stops in the pit road and then, you know, throw the caution for it. So uh, super odd, but you have to be prepared for it. And, you know, that's what you balance is ultimately when we all pit on the green, it's how long you want to take, you know, how long you want to sit there and put gas in the car. So uh, you want to take enough that, you know, at least in our opinion, to give us a slight buffer. But, still execute a fast enough spot to maintain track position, and I feel like we did that. Thanks, Alan. All right, go ahead. Nathan Buckley, MBS Speedway. I'm not sure how much you take a look at tire wear during races, but overall, do you feel this race was better today than uh, on tire wear than last week at Texas, and if so, why? Yeah, you know, tire wear wasn't the issue at Texas for clarity. It was sidewall failure so even though our tires would come off of texas you don't um look at them and say hey they're wore out we're into into an issue and ultimately we have our tires cut apart after most every run as we did at texas to see the integrity of the sidewall and up until that point we had got a clean report that we blew the tire but um here i would say that tire wear was probably a little worse than the spring than we expected it wasn't into a position that we felt like it was going to put us, you know, in any harm's way, but it certainly was a little bit more than we had expected uh, and just something that we had to be conscious about. But we were able to double stint those, uh, you know, first two stages with some comfort. And so I don't think it was hugely different. It just was slightly more than the spring. All right. Any final questions for Alan before I let Mr. H up? Okay. We'll end with Jenna. If we can get a microphone. Thank you. Two. <laughs> oh, so, oh, yeah. Special. 
Sorry to ask another um, car question, but what is a, if everyone's in agreement that the car is too stiff, what is a reasonable time frame for that to be corrected? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the logistics behind what all has to happen as far as manufacturing and what goes on, but you know, I think the first step is we need a solution, right? I mean, that's what we've got to focus on. I think that that's is a good goal for us as an industry to collectively look at, you know, what's the best solution we can come up with in the short term, and if we can get that solution implement, get the solution figured out in an implementation, you know, you can worry about that later. And that's certainly not my area of expertise, but I think, you know, the, the solution is the key right now. And I, to, to my knowledge, it doesn't exist. It may exist, but, uh, it, you know, we need to get that figured out and, and how to move forward. And I think collectively we can all work together to get, uh, you know, I mean, I, I Henrik Motorsports, the boss, owns an amazing place, and you know we can accomplish some amazing things. And you know I think that if we get a solution and you know implementation, if we all pull together, we can do we could we could do a lot in a short period of time. All right, Alan, thank you for spending some time with us. Congratulations again on that win. Thank you. All right, we're going to continue with our post-race interviews. We'll now be joined by our race-winning team owner, Mr. Rick Hendrick. You don't mind, I'm going to stand up. That's okay. Yeah, I totally understand. Those chairs are not um, maybe the most comfortable to to climb in. So, okay, we're going to start with questions with Mr. H. If you have one, please raise your hand. We'll get a microphone to you. And, Rick, while we wait, do you mind just to comment on Chase's season this year and just I believe this was his fifth win. Talk a little bit about that team and and just as, as the playoffs get a little closer to Phoenix, how that team is gelling together. We had a we had a lot of momentum going, uh, and then we had a you know the tire failure and and we just kind of hit a bump and so this is good momentum to have the points now to go into the Roval where he's really good and uh, get in the round of eight and move on. So uh, this is this is great momentum for him. This this race means a lot to Chase, and uh, it was a great great to see the fans excited and. Uh, Boy, it was a heck of a race. All right. We're going to go to questions. We'll start with Jordan. <clears throat> Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, there's been a lot of talk this week about safety and, and different solutions or possible solutions that could be implemented. Ultimately, it is going to cost money to, to get whatever that solution is. Yeah. As a team owner, um, are you comfortable having to spend more money on the, this aspect of the next-gen car, something you've already invested a lot in and probably weren't prepared to invest more in? Absolutely. I mean, for sure, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my voice, but, uh, you know, our drivers are so important, we don't want them hurt, and so if it meant buying all new clips Monday morning, I'd do it, I'd be happy to do it, because uh, we, we want them safe, and a deal like Alex or Kurt Busch, uh, you know, that's, a t- that's hard, and so I'm, uh, I'm all for whatever it takes, and I think the teams could fix it, but uh, if, we, if, if NASCAR wants to do it, I think everybody working together, we could do it in a hurry, test it, and uh, have it on the cars ASAP. Uh, the drivers have had communications with NASCAR about safety and everything. I'm wondering from team owner's perspective, have you had that conversation with NASCAR expressing, hey, we need to do something? Yes. Okay. And they said they were working on it. All right. Additional questions? Okay. We'll get a mic to Jenna, please. 
Thanks. Congratulations. Um, you, this must have been a weird week with um, Alex's injury. Like, did you have any idea that anything was wrong prior to Thursday? No. After the race, he uh, he said he didn't feel good, but uh, it was Monday morning, and he, you know, I didn't know anything because he stayed in the car, and uh, then Monday morning he didn't feel well. They started working with him Tuesday. Wednesday was good. He felt much better. And then Thursday he backed up. He didn't feel good, so he went to see the doctor. And uh, so I think hopefully he'll be back next week. I think he will. He's feeling good today and yesterday. I guess he'll go back and get evaluated here midweek. Did his concussion um, amplify your urgency in your message to NASCAR? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, these guys are are stars, and you spend a lot of money like bringing them along over the years, and then to have them hurt, and you got sponsors and everything involved, and they're in the playoffs and they get knocked out of the playoffs. And uh, it's not about the playoffs; it's about safety, and having a guy that uh, you know wants to be able to race again. And you you know we have done really well in the last 10, 15 years with safety uh, in so many ways, the seats, the headrest, everything. But this this car, uh, from the uh, rear impact, is just like uh, you're sitting on a piece of steel. And I watched the video of Alex's head when he, you know, those guys usually try to lean a little bit forward if they think they're going to have an impact and then the whiplash back. And so, you know, we need to we need to fix it as soon as we can. And lastly, yesterday Chase took a very strong stance, and, and he said definitively NASCAR has taken a step backward in safety, and that's very unlike Chase to sort of offer an opinion on controversial topics. Are you surprised that he did that? No, I think uh, these guys are concerned, and uh, you know he sees a teammate hurt, and he saw Kurt hurt. And uh, he's a young guy with a career ahead of him, and uh, you know nobody wants to nobody wants to, to do something that they could fix and eliminate it. So uh, no, I I think Chase, this has been on his mind, but uh, you know he just you know I'm, I'm proud of him. He you know he doesn't say much, but when he when he speaks, everybody knows he's just not popping off. He he's concerned. All right, we're gonna go up front to Jeff, please. Hi, Rick. Um, William would be above the cut line uh, without his penalty. Um, how confident are you that you might be able to get those points back for him b before the Roval? And um, where do you see his, his chances of advancing to the next round? Well, I, William's a good little road racer, and he's a really good plate racer. Uh, he didn't, you know, 25 points in the playoffs is a ton. I mean, in regular season, if you've got a bunch of races, that's uh, you can make it back up. But, uh, you know, I've, I've seen other cars under caution hit each other, and I've seen that in that situation. He wasn't trying to spin him, but they, they got a tower full of people. They, they could have put him in the back. They could have done something right, right then, and uh, rather than wait till Monday or Tuesday and then make a decision. That's like, uh, you know, saying you're going to tell everybody who won the race, you know, next week, and that, that was... That's a little strange. I think it was excessive, and we'll just see what happens. All right, additional questions? Okay. 
All right, Rick, Thank congratulations you. again. Thank you. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.